I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. This is the Game 2 NBA Finals 2020 uh, reaction podcast where the Los Angeles Lakers took a 2-0 series lead with a 124-114 win over the Miami Heat, and um, yeah, I mean, damn, this is bad. This is this is really bad. I, and it's not just bad for Miami. It's just um, it's bad for the NBA product as a whole to see such a lopsided finals. Obviously, this is no fault of Miami's or even Los Angeles or anything like that. Um, they're just missing two key guys. I mean, Bam Adebayo and, and Goran Dragic was announced right before the game that those guys would not play. They were listed as doubtful. Uh, Bam has a neck strain. Goran Dragic tore his plantar fascia or something like that. I don't know, man. If I was a doctor, I wouldn't be doing this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're missing Bam, who is the Heat's best defensive player by far, uh, and also arguably their most op- important offensive player with the way he screens and puts pressure on the rim. Uh, and then Dragic, who is, you know, one of the other guys in contention for best offensive player in the the heat he's also out so i mean you're down two starters right away and, and you got to give your you got to tip your hat to miami um they actually competed really 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 hard um you know the fact that they even scored 114 points against the lakers uh who are a really good defense but i mean the fact that they scored 114 they shot 51 percent from the field they shot 41 percent from three they only missed three free throws all game and they got there twice as much as the lakers 34 to 17 the heat played pretty much their perfect game as good as you can possibly expect them to play offensively uh given their shorthanded alignment against a really good defensive team like the lakers and even still, they were down by pretty much 15 to 20 points the whole game. Um, they, they stuck it out. You know, they got it to around nine points in the fourth quarter. And it was like, okay, you know, maybe. But no, man. I mean, it's, it's just, it feels unfair almost, man. Because you see on the other side, the Lakers, LeBron and Anthony Davis. The two of those guys, I mean, <laughs> it's bad, man. LeBron with 33, 9, and 9. Anthony Davis with 32 points, 14 rebounds, 8 offensive rebounds, 15 of 20 from the field. I mean, geez, I, I don't know what you really can expect. Um, I don't know, man. The Lakers, you know, they could have played better defensively. I thought the Heat had a good offensive game plan. Um, they did a really good job of attacking uh, the Lakers' switch uh, strategy. So the Lakers were switching a lot right off the bat too they would they would get like Dwight Howard switched on to Jimmy Butler and stuff and Jimmy's a really good uh, facilitator especially because he knows how to put pressure on the defense and find people but even in this case they're running pick and rolls they were slipping a lot of those switches so um you know their guys were getting open momentarily against the Lakers um occasionally when they were switching uh, they were doing a really good job of, you know, whoever the big man was, usually Kelly Olenek, would seal a smaller guard behind them. You know, Rondo, Caruso, you know, guys like that, and getting, uh, you know, scores that way. And and again, the, the the Heat ran their offense, especially given the fact they don't have Dragic, the fact they don't have Bam. 
they ran their offense as good as you could possibly expect. I mean, even with Dragic and Ben, if you told me that they scored 114 points, 51% shooting, I mean, they had a 50-40-90 game uh, with only nine turnovers as well. That's, again, as about as good as you can really play if you're the Heat, but... I mean, the Lakers are just, they're just so dominant in the paint. And, and and again, this just goes to a personnel issue. I mean, obviously missing Bam is absolutely massive. It's so big for the Heat. But at the same time, uh, it's just a bad matchup for the Heat in general because they just don't have a lot of size in the roster. Um, they don't really have a center. I mean, they were playing Myers Leonard as the de facto starter. He didn't really do much. Uh, he only played nine minutes. Kelly Olenek came off the bench. He played 37 minutes. But, I mean, it's Kelly, man. He's not, you know, I've, I've seen Kelly struggle defensively against Venezuela in, like, the FIBA tournaments and stuff like that, man. Like, it's it, it's it's going to be different, man. I don't think Venezuela had Anthony Davis or LeBron or even Dwight Howard. Um, yeah, I mean, the Lakers were just, I, you know, honestly, at times, at times, <laughs> there's a story, um, that that appeared in the last like year or two, uh, where there was a thirty year old um, who was playing high school basketball in Windsor, and he was dominating. He was like six foot nine, and I mean he was also a thirty year old, uh, and he was just you know working everybody, especially in Windsor. And then eventually they kind of figured out like you are thirty and you should not be playing at this level. But um, yeah, that's what it looked like. Anthony Davis was a 30-year-old playing against, like, teenagers, man. Like, it, it was bad. Like, it was legitimately bad to see how many times AD would just crash the glass for putbacks. I mean, that's partially why he was so efficient. I mean, he was also efficient because he's AD and he's making a slew of difficult jumpers and stuff like that. But, I mean, even, I mean, even difficult jumpers. I mean, like, who's really getting in his face? Like, there was a play where Jay Crowder was right up on him, playing him tight in the mid-range, got up for the jumper, and, like, Crowder jumped... And he had his hand as high as he possibly could to contest. And AD still had the ball like a solid foot and a half over the contest, man. It was bad. And then, obviously, the offensive rebounds. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, AD, eight offensive rebounds by himself. The Lakers as a whole, 16 offensive rebounds to the Heat, six. I mean, that's really where this game was won for the Lakers. Was just, They got so many more possessions. They got so many more possessions. Um you know, they took 97 shots. The Heat took 71. Now, of course, the Heat took twice as many free throws, so that's part of it, too. But um, they did that. And also, honestly, the Lakers did enough from the three-point line. Look, the Lakers are not a good three-point shooting team. And so the Heat decided, you know what? We cannot guard this team. We cannot get them out of the middle of the floor. Uh, we, we, we cannot guard them straight up. These guys are too big. We need to have multiple bodies in the paint. Let's play zone for the majority of the game. But again... This is these are not the um, these are not the Boston Celtics, man. This this is, this is not Daniel Tyson, you know, um, whoever you want to put in there, Gordon Hayward. Uh, no, this is LeBron and AD, and and they are going to get. Not only they're just going to get a lot more opportunities because they're way talent, more talented as scorers, they're way bigger, they're more athletic, uh, but they also just know how to beat a zone. I mean, it wasn't like. There was, like, maybe the Heat started okay in the zone. Like, the Lakers missed a couple of threes, and, and you know, the Lakers are going to do that. But over the course of the game, the the Lakers are so smart that they just kind of figured out how to attack the zone. Not necessarily figured out the zone as in, like, you got, if you're the Heat, you got to ditch the zone entirely. No, you're probably going to still stick with the zone, even though you got you gave up 124 points and 16 offensive rebounds. But 
um, the Lakers are just this unique position because you have Rondo and you have LeBron basically making all of your decisions for you, and then you have an elite matchup-proof starter in Anthony Davis who doesn't have any sort of remotely similar you know defensive assignment uh, from the Heat attached to him. They're just putting the defense wherever they need to. I mean, they were putting Rondo in the middle of the zone. They're putting LeBron in the middle of the zone. You know, one thing I would say for the the Heat is maybe they could put a little bit more ball pressure um, because the passes were getting in a little bit too easy to the middle of the floor. And honestly, when the ball gets to the middle of the floor, you're screwed, man. I mean, like, listen, ultimately, you're still playing a zone. Yeah, you have multiple bodies. But it's, it's ultimately, if LeBron catches the ball at the free throw line and he's able to turn... He, it's just him versus Kelly Olenek. It doesn't even matter who else is really contesting the shot. Like, he's just going to be able to score in that matchup. Where Anthony Davis is going to be able to score. Um, and, yeah, the the, the, the the Lakers were just really smart in how they're beating the zone. You know, um, they were beating him in a variety of ways. They're beating him on the baseline. Uh, but for the most part, they just had two really smart operators in LeBron and Rondo. And, yeah, I mean, they were just consistently getting open looks. This is a game where the Lakers didn't even shoot that well. Right, obviously, game one, the Lakers shot what eleven of seventeen in the first half from three. It was like, all right, that's not fair. This game, they shot sixteen of forty-seven for three. That's actually an NBA Finals record for amount of threes attempted. Uh, and you know, sixteen of forty-seven—that's only thirty-four percent. It's kind of you know about where you would expect the Lakers for to, to be for the season. I think they were about thirty-five percent as a group. Um, you know, you didn't give up a lot of free throws, but you know. It, it, but again, like the Lakers just kind of did enough. And again, they were just so dominant in the paint that it didn't really matter how much they were missing these threes because they were getting a lot of these second chance opportunities. Um, and yeah, I mean, they were just getting to the rim so often. LeBron, AD, and Rondo. Those three, I mean, pretty much the only three guys played well for the Lakers and they still scored 124 points. That just really goes to say, you know, how good the top two are in this grouping. I mean, AD and LeBron, that's that's ridiculous, man. That might be even better than, you know, uh, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant when they were a duel. Obviously, they had Clay and Draymond and, you know, you know Iggy and DeMarcus Cousins eventually and stuff like that, but um, John Livingston. But, like, AD and LeBron are just so physically dominant in this matchup. I don't really know what else you can really do. I mean, you can hope for people to miss threes. That's fine. You can hope to, you know, not foul, which they did. Um, But you can't really expect LeBron and AD to miss layups, man. I mean, I don't know. You know, for the Heat, it's just, it's a tough matchup. Okay, so you're playing a lot of zones, so that's going to, you know, give up a lot of offensive rebounds. Um just by instinct, because you're not necessarily beside a guy, you're not necessarily boxing out. A lot of instances, when you go back and watch the tape of how AD scored, a lot of it was just him crashing the offensive glass, and yeah, it, it, no one really got in his way, and he's bigger than everyone, he out jumps everyone, and he scores, period. Um, but, you know, um, maybe you just got to do a better job there, I don't really know. Again, without Bam, who's probably collecting like 12, 13 rebounds for every game, I, I just don't know who you're going to go to for some of those rebounds. Um, and then, yeah, even if you do play zone, like you wouldn't, it, it's good to have some size at the rim, right? I mean, like when the Raptors play zone, for example, they put Mark, you know, at the, at the rim or they put Serge at the rim. But, like, that's a guy who is seven feet tall uh, and it's a legitimate hurdle at the rim. It's not like a seven feet tall for nothing kind of guy like Myers Leonard. He doesn't do anything. He's seven feet tall, doesn't intimidate anybody. Um you know, like someone with size, someone who can absorb a bit of contact, someone who could take up space, and he just don't have that. 
They just don't have that. This is just the way the roster is built. They just they didn't invest in centers. Obviously, they had Bam. That, that helped a lot. And then the rest of the time, they were just kind of buying time. You know, Oleg's fine as a bench center, but it's just a really bad matchup. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if you're the Heat, I guess you could take away some positives. You can say, look, there's some things that they, they were able to do um, offensively uh, that definitely worked. Again, you know, they shot 50-40-90 as a group. That's really impressive. 29 assists. Um, but they really just have to address the defensive end of the floor. I mean, you know, I, I think they did play it correctly in the sense that they forced the Lakers to shoot a lot of threes. And, you know, you can live with 16 or 47 from three. The thing you cannot live with is giving the Lakers 56 points in the paint. Um, and, you know, it's LeBron and, eight, and, and AD driving in. Now, I don't really know what else you can really do against these guys other than be more physical. But, you know, I mean, yeah, that's part of it. I mean, I thought... Uh, it was actually a really cool moment um, when the the broadcast picked up the fact that um, uh, Udonis Haslam was giving everyone a peps talk uh, in the third quarter on the, on the Heat bench, and he was just yelling at everybody and stuff like that. And it's just like, honestly, man, Udonis, man, you might have to save some of that energy and play. For, <laughs> they, the Heat need any big they can, and and honestly, they might have to look at extending some people's minutes too, because you know, as much as Duncan Robinson is you know, can give you the occasional three, and I'm sure you you need offense, you need the threat of a shooting to open up the floor. You might just need Iguodala out there taking it up. Like, if you're looking at Robinson with 22 minutes and Iguodala with 26, you might just have to split that even more. Iguodala plays 36, Robinson plays like 18. You know, like, it, it you, you kind of just, you kind of, you need as much defensive presence on the floor as possible. You need Jay Crowder to play more than he did. Um, and you just need to put as much size as possible out there. I mean, look, your offense is going to be what it is. The Heat obviously just need guys to hit shots and, you know, whatever. You know, obviously some of their defenders aren't as great as some of their shooters, but you need to defend better, man. You you just you have to defend better. Um, but for the Lakers, I'm, I'm really impressed, man. I'm really, really impressed. First off, this is a really smart group, like really smart, uh, playoff-tested. You know, it's really impressive to me what AD and LeBron are doing, um, especially because every time I look at them, I'm almost like, man, there's some liability on the floor. Like Marcus, uh, Markeith Morris, he's a liability, man. He just makes bad decisions. He's a little slow. He's physically kind of not moving well. Uh, don't really like what he provides. Kyle Kuzma, I thought he actually had a good start to the game. You know, he's really active, looking to score, making good cuts, hitting some threes. And then he just started making boneheaded plays all over the floor. There's one time where he drove the lane. Kelly Olenek was just waiting for him flat out for a charge, and uh, Kuzma decided to throw one of those Magic Johnson passes where he jumps in the air, spins, turns his back to the defender, and throws like a no-look pass, except nobody was cutting, so it was just a turnover. Uh, the ball went out. It was actually a double turnover. The ball went out of bounds, and Kuzma ran over uh, Olenek for the charge. Uh, again, it's just incredibly boneheaded play. Um, you know, Kuzma, it must be really frustrating to watch this guy because I do think he can do things to contribute. He just doesn't necessarily have a good sense of how to do it. And so he's always trying stuff that he's not supposed to be. He's making the game more complicated for his skill set. And then defensively, he's just not that great. Um, you know, even like even Caruso's fine. Caruso's fine. But like, it's just KCP was not playing well. Danny Green was just, man, Danny Green was Danny. <laughs> Listen, Danny Green, uh, excellent podcaster, uh, you know, but uh, he is the old man and the three, except maybe not even the three. I mean, there was one sequence in the third quarter there where Danny Green shot a three from 
Uh, the left wing missed it. The rebound came right back to Danny. He was open. He took the shot from the exact same spot, missed it in the exact same way. And then about a minute later, Danny Green got the same three from the same spot. The third try, and he's open, and he missed that one. I think maybe he hit the underside of the rim. So he, it was really an air ball that somehow traveled just a little bit further and grazed the rim. Um, that was tough. And then I think he picked up a hip injury, so he left the game. He was trying to stretch for a little bit, and he left. But, yeah, I mean, bro, it, it was it was bad. It, it was bad for Danny, man. Listen, the, he's the old man in the three. Uh, and then KCP, also really bad. I mean, look, listen, part of the reason why the Lakers, you know, only shot 34% from three is the fact that Ron, uh, Danny Green and KCP shot a combined three of 19 from deep. Three of 19. Think about that. Three of 19. Actually, most of the other guys shot pretty decently. AD hit a three. LeBron was three of eight. Markeith, two of uh, five, even though I didn't think he played well. Kuzma, two of six, you know, I don't think he played well. Three of four from Rondo. Two of four from Caruso. That's not bad, but it's three of 19 from your starting backcourt. That's tough. Uh, And those guys are three-point specialists. But, you know, and here's the thing. AD and LeBron are just so good that even when these guys do this stuff, like, they still win. They still win. They still put up 124 points. They just have so many ways to beat you. Um, so I'm impressed with the Lakers, man. I'm really impressed with the Lakers. Obviously, LeBron doing his thing is not surprising. Um, you know, LeBron, in the, in the he's not even that aggressive as a scorer, but he's not really trying to make himself score as much as he did perhaps with, like, the 2018 um, Cavs, which they had nobody else or whatever. But he, him and AD really do coexist well. They don't really... Uh, fight for the ball, you know, uh, possessions. They're not both trying to be aggressive. They just work together, and the two of them together. I mean, it's just nasty, man. It's nasty for for a finisher like AD to have someone like LeBron to move the defense around and set AD up. It, it's life is so easy for AD, and then and then they throw in the fact that there's no big man out there to guard AD, so he's getting all these rebounds and and putbacks. Uh, he's he's slicing through the defense, no one's stopping him. You know, I I don't know, man, but these two are an incredible combo. Um, and they obviously have been all season. I mean, the two of them are pretty much average, close to like, you know, 55 points per game in the regular season. And now it's probably up to like 60 for the playoffs. I mean, they've been fantastic. Uh, the Heat have no answers for them. Um, they tried zoning, but even that didn't really work out. And even still, like, again, you just if you try to zone a team like this, they're so experienced, they're so smart, they know how to beat that zone. Like, even though the Lakers miss a lot of threes, they were still getting good threes. Um and, you know, all these little plays were like, you know, Rondo would get into the middle of the floor and he would make a quick cut to the rim <clears throat> and slice in for a layup. And then other times, you know, Rondo get the ball in the middle of the floor, but then he'll see that the defense is uh, anticipating him at the at the rim because, you know, a guy like Olenek, aside from taking charge, he's not really going to protect the rim unless he's right there. So Rondo drives in and then goes in for an uncontested floater. LeBron was going for a floater. And then when he did, when when those guys did drive in, the help did come and, you know, whatever, the third defender rotate over, they would just, like, dump the ball off to AD, who's waiting at the baseline for a dunk. And I, I, don't, I just, I don't know, man, unless you just deny that ball to the middle, which you should do, by the way. You should not just give up the, the pass to the middle of the floor. That is the first entry point. And if you can stop that and you can waste a little bit more time, you know, you can kind of keep the ball way out of the paint, which is what you're trying to do with the zone. Um you know, maybe you can do a bit of a, a bit of better ball pressure, but that's the thing with the Heat. They don't really play the zone the same way the Raptors play the zone. The Raptors will play the zone where 
um, because they put their guards out top, guys like Fred and, and Kyle, those guys are real ball hawks. Like, they'll go in, they'll dig in, they'll try to, like, take the ball, wrestle the ball away from you. They'll try to pressure, and, and you know, when, you know, anytime you see anyone try to drive against them, uh, the second defender is rotating over at, at around the free throw line and digging in. Fred is really good at doing that and forcing turnovers. And that's one of the things with the, with the zone, which you should be able to force turnovers. Now, of course, what you should be able to do against AD and LeBron and, and, and even Rondo, who's been really good, um, without Bam and <laughs> Dragic. Obviously, I'm asking for a lot, but, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know... Ideally, you could force a little bit more turnovers than that, man. I mean, like, obviously, you have the long, active hands in the passing lanes, stuff like that. But I would like to see the Heat maybe pressure the ball just a little bit more. Maybe make those passes a little bit more difficult. When it's like KCP or Danny Green or Caruso making these inbound passes, stuff like that, and try to, like, enter the ball into the middle of the floor. Get up on them, man. Like, they're not really that pr- comfortable with, with pressure. We've seen what Danny Green does under pressure, you know, in, in the NBA Finals when, when the... When the, when the <laughs> When the handle is pressured, you know, I'm sure KCP is the same way. So, um, do that. But, I mean, again, I I, I don't know, man. I, I honestly, I just don't know. Like, the, the Heat are just kind of beat. And what this reminds me of a little bit was just, like, you know, the Lebronto series, right? And this, I'm finally getting to see from a third-person perspective without, you know, the crushing disappointment of uh, being a Raptor fan during that time. Um, but I'm getting to see the third-person perspective of what LeBronto looked like, and it, it looks just like this. Now, I got to give the Heat a lot more credit because it's not like the Raptors were missing, you know, uh, their top two players or, you know, or two of the top three players that that wasn't happening. That was just a healthy team LeBron was killing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just there's no hope. Like, I, <laughs> I don't – there's no other adjustment, you know what I mean? Like, you can't be like, all right, you know, we'll do this and this and this, you know, we can solve it. Like, it's it's not like that. It's not like that. This is like, you know, when you're playing chess and all of a sudden you're down, like, uh, your rook and your queen right away. And you're like, all right, go out there and beat them. It's like, it's not going to happen. I mean, unless the other player, like, completely screws up, makes, like, three or four crucial errors, it's just not going to happen. You're just, you're shorthanded. It's the definition of being shorthanded. Um, but, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, you know, one thing I was wondering about was, you know, obviously as a Raptor fan, I'm thinking, okay, what would the Raptors have done in this playoffs? Now, first off... I have to say that uh, you got to give full credit to the Celtics for beating the Raptors. You got to give full credit to the Heat for going on to then beat the Celtics. Um, they fully deserve to be in this position. But I, I, I do sometimes think about like, okay, you know what? If the Raptors were somehow, okay, they made it through. Pascal, you know, just hit a couple more shots. Uh, they closed that game out in game seven. The Celtics were kind of choking low-key. Um then they, they beat the Heat, and then they're in this playoffs. How would that matchup be different? Now, a lot of people have asked me this, too. I think the Raptors defensively have definitely more... Uh, they're more equipped to defend the Lakers. Uh, if you look at sort of the Lakers roster composition, obviously, it's their forwards, right? It's LeBron, it's AD, and then it's Dwight Howard and uh, whoever else. Kuzma's big. Markeith Morris is big. You know, and, and then for the Raptors, like... Obviously, you have, you know, uh, Serge, you have Mark, you have Pascal, you have OG. Like, those four as a front line defensively um, can match a lot of what the Lakers do. Now, granted, I think the Lakers still present lots of problems for the Raptors. Um, especially, I think, defensively, what the Lakers can do to the Raptors might be even more painful than what the Raptors can do in retaliation to the Lakers. Um, you know, when you consider the fact that Pascal was struggling the way he is. I mean, Pascal did not play well against Anthony Davis. 
uh, in either of the two games they played. There was that first game. Yeah, Pascal shot like you know made a couple of game-winning plays and stuff like that. And I'm not discounting that whatsoever. But a lot of those were in transition. A lot of that was against Kyle Kuzma. Him going one-on-one against Anthony Davis, he had almost nothing. Anthony Davis physically is just bigger, quicker, longer. It's just tough. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, then you're pretty much dealing with, like, two small guards trying to score. And you know, like, Kyle and Fred struggle at the rim anyway. I mean, you saw Daniel Tice blocking them. I mean, bro, you're, you're talking about Dwight Dew- Howard, LeBron, and AD as a starting front court. That's going to be tough. But I do think the Raptors defensively could do a lot better than Miami can in this matchup, not only because of the health, even against the healthy Miami team, I think the Lakers still have a sizable advantage um, in in terms of the front court. And the Raptors, yeah, I think the Raptors could just do a little bit better because, A, they have a lot more size. Um, they can play zone a little bit more effectively because they can leave a lot more size in, in the back to contest the rim. Um, and I think they can make just offense a lot more difficult for the Lakers. But again, I just don't see how the Raptors would score that efficiently against the Lakers. Obviously, the regular season, they were playing great defense. You know, they were doubling AD. I think the he could probably double AD a little bit more. Um, but again, a lot of the stuff is he's cutting off ball. He's he's getting, you know, offensive rebounds. There's not even a position where he's getting the ball in the post and he's trying to attack and you have time to come over and rotate. He's just playing within the flow of the game and giving you 32 points, which is ridiculous. Um you know, obviously the Raptors zone a lot. They they kind of doubled LeBron as well. Um, and you know, the, the Raptors are more adept to you know doing things like again applying more ball pressure. They're they're more comfortable with scrambling than the Heat are. The Heat are a good defensive club too. They're committed, but they don't scramble the way the Raptors do. The Raptors can when they get into that top flight of like scrambling around. It feels like there's six defenders on the floor. I mean, part of that is because Nick Nurse is pretending to be Daniel Tice, so maybe there is a six defender. But I mean, like the Raptors just scramble so much better. Um, with more intensity, but I think they would honestly figure face many of the same shortcomings. And again, offensively, I just don't know where the Raptors would go against the Lakers because a lot of what they were doing is scoring in transition. The Lakers, low-key, haven't given up anything in transition, man. They're a really good transition defense team. And again, they in the half court, the Raptors would have a lot of struggles playing against the Lakers. So I, I don't think it would actually be different. I think the Raptors probably be down 0-2 as well. I know the Raptors beat them twice in the regular season, and you might say, well, you know, come on. I mean, the Raptors have been really good against the Lakers since LeBron went there. I mean, come on, man. You know, whatever. And In a a final setting, I really do find it to be more of a difficult story. I don't think the Raptors would get swept. Like, the Heat probably will get swept here. But, you know, the Lakers are just tough. They're a good team. I don't know why people have a hard time accepting that. Like, it's (laughs) just a good team. It's not because of the officiating. It's not because of whatever. It's because they have two really fantastic players, LeBron and AD, two Hall of Famers. Um, And then when you throw in the fact that Rondo's playing well, I mean, like, I don't. I don't know what you do. And Rondo, by the way, has been a sensation. Every time I watch the Lakers, I'm looking at Rondo. I'm like, damn, he's a very, very smart player. And in the playoffs, you cannot get enough smart players. Like, it just – and Rondo has always been a very smart player. Now, obviously, Rondo, um, whatever, he's been maybe hard to deal with as a teammate in different places. Um, you know, he's, you know, clashed with coaches. Uh, he's played an outdated style sometimes. But, I mean, like, man – he's still a productive player. And, and I don't know how many times you got to go to the playoffs and be like, wow, I'm surprised Rondo's playing well. Like, he's done this all the time. And the playoff game is a lot more slowing down, a lot more half court. You got to set up the play. You got to make smart decisions. You got to be able to trust a guy to play defense. And you got to be able to trust a guy to contribute and be smart on offense. And Rondo checks off all those boxes. And today probably was his best game of the playoffs. 16 points, 4 rebounds, 10 assists. 
the 10 assists is, is, again, just a reflection of how much he was able to set these guys up. And it's great because Rondo doesn't have to score that much. You can just, you know, find LeBron in the middle of the zone or you find AD off a cut, all this other stuff. That's great. But that's the thing. When you have Rondo to make those decisions for you while LeBron sits for like the nine minutes of the game, it's great. Because, again, no, there's no one else on the Lakers that you really trust to run the offense, right? Caruso... I don't even know who else you would do that aside from that. I mean, like, Caruso's, I guess, their backup point guard. They don't really start a point guard because LeBron's playing point, even though he's a small forward. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know, right? So you kind of need Rondo, and Rondo's done really well defensively. You know, he makes some really high-level rotations. He's long. He's active. He's pesky. He gave him a couple of cheap fouls early on, but really turned it around and, and was really solid, locked in. And man, when you the, the big three, LeBron, AD, and Ron, and, and and Rondo, they're, they're just they're killing these Heat, man. And I feel bad for the Heat again. Like you know, it sucks that they came all the way this way. They had such a great run, and of course, they had two very unfortunate injuries. Um, and you know, it, this is kind of just what it is. But I mean, damn, it, it's it's officially the Dwayne Casey play for pride uh, stage of the playoffs for them. They they really have to play for pride. I mean, I think Udonis Haslam was probably giving them. You know the, the the speech of listen, you got to go out there and play for pride because, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it is just at that stage. Maybe maybe Bam comes back. I think that's going to help a lot. Um, but again, if he's if he's physically compromised, if that shoulder is there, I mean, he's a center man. He's going to have his shoulder banged, and you know, I I don't know. I mean, I I really hope there's no long term injuries or anything like that. But if he's playing center, he's going to have to take some hits. You know, and of course Dragic. I really don't expect Dragic to be back in this in this series. I mean, he literally tore um, a tendon, so it's just tough, man. Um, but listen, all credit to the Lakers. They're they're a really damn good team. Um, LeBron and AD playing both at Finals MVP levels. I mean, I guess that's a debate to be had. I don't really care. I don't even think LeBron cares to be honest. I mean, he'll probably win it anyway. But like, LeBron probably just after the title at this point. Um, but yeah, it. I mean, the finals is what it is right now. So in terms of your three stars from game two, I would give the first star to Anthony Davis, 32 points, 14 rebounds, and assist, a steal. The, I mean, this guy had 32 points, only shot one free throw. He is 15 of 20 from the field. I didn't feel like the Lakers even featured him that much. They did feature him occasionally. He did some like, you know, he, he turned around, hit a lot of mid-range jumpers. He's been really good at the mid-range jumpers, both at the elbow, both on the baseline. I was actually really smart that they used him on the baseline because you're not really going to double-team him on the baseline. Like, what are you really going to do? If he wants to shoot a, 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 if he wants to shoot a pull-up mid-range jumper on the baseline, you're not going to double-team him. A, it's just hard to double-team on the baseline that, that far out. And B, like, you know, you're probably kind of living with that shot. But AD is making everything right now. And he's just, again, he looks like that 30-year-old in Windsor who was pretending to be a high schooler and just dominating everybody. So, uh, AD gets the first star. Second star, we get to LeBron. 33 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, a steal, a block, uh, 14 of 25 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, 2 of 5 from the free throw line. That's a little odd. Um, but in 39 minutes, LeBron was sensational. And then, really, I should give Jimmy Butler the third star, but honestly, I was so impressed by Rondo. I'm going to give Rondo the third star. 16 points, 4 rebounds, 10 assists. Great defense. Uh, really efficient. The three-point shooting from the outside looks really good for Rondo. He's been that way all playoffs. I think he's shooting like 45%, 46% for the playoffs. It's unbelievable. Um, but, I mean, obviously, I've Rondo. I mean, Butler played a great game, too. Really competitive. 45 minutes. Put the team on his back. Uh, 25 points. 13 rebounds. 8 assists. Listen, I've seen Kyle and DeMar do this stuff where they play their hearts out and they just lose. And because it's just not good enough. It's not possibly good enough. 
And this is kind of how I feel. Um, for I feel for Butler. I really do. I've seen this from my team, and I know the struggle. Okay, at least LeBron's not spitting the ball in your face and sipping beer and catching lobs off the backboard. Okay, so this, he's actually taking it easy on you guys. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, uh, Kelly Olenek, that's gonna get, go to him. Um, you know, twenty-four points, nine rebounds, two assists, uh, nine of sixteen from the field, three of seven from three, three of five from the free throw line. Like I said. Um, they were really smart about, you know, uh, running that pick and roll. Uh, Olenek sealing his man, getting the mismatch, scoring. Olenek slipping the, uh, you know, the switch, slipping against the switch instead of setting the screen. Uh, cutting, cutting to the rim, getting open. Transition, taking some charges. Kelly played his heart out, man. I mean, again, it's just, it wasn't good enough. And again, I've seen this a lot from the Raptors. So, you know, it, it sucks, man. I mean, you know, OG had like, what, 18 points and I was, you hit the, Game tying three in game three, and then you're like, "Wow, this guy played a he played his heart out that game." And then, bam, LeBron hits the game winner. So it just is what it is. Yeah. So, so there's many levels to this, and LeBron is many levels above everyone else. Um, and then in terms of your Patrick Patterson award, that's I mean, unfortunately, it's got to go to our, our dear friend Danny Green uh, again. Just a very fantastic human being. You know, plays decent defense, but. I mean, listen, when you miss three straight threes from the same spot in the span of about three minutes, I mean, Laker fans are on this man. Laker fans are on this man. But, yeah, one of eight from three for Danny is unfortunate. Hopefully he's uh, not hurt. Uh, because, look, the Lakers had to go to J.R. Smith, man. And, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. J.R. Smith, three minutes, two fouls? That's that's impressive. That's that's really impressive. Um, by the way, speaking of J.R. and all these LeBronto memories, remember when he shot 77% from three? Um, in a uh, in a playoff series against the Raptors. Anyway, I don't. I really don't want to remember that, but uh, now you do. So uh, there you go. That's 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 game two. I mean, look, listen. Uh, the Heat they are officially officially on play for pride mode. Listen, just get the guys healthy. But they are. I I wouldn't say it's impossible to come back because I just saw the Raptors come back 0-2. But I mean, that was against Tatum and Kemba and stuff like that. Those. These guys are little puppies, man. These are these are the big dogs. LeBron and AD, I, they they are hungry. They're focused. Rondo's here too, supporting them. Even when the rest of the guys play kind of trash, which is pretty much what happened. I mean, the only other neutral contributor, I guess, was Caruso. Uh, they still won. They still scored 124 points. I mean, it just is what it is. So, play for pride, Miami. Play for pride. Uh, Udonis has him. Give everyone a great speech. And Eric Spolstra, I don't know, man. I mean, I love him as a coach, but there's only so much you can do, man. So, uh, I'll be back for game three on Sunday, I guess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.